Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. You found us at dredhill.podbean.com, the home of This Week in the Word. This is the episode for Sunday, March 6, 2022. It's entitled, Truth for Tough Times, Men at War. Well, I'm glad you're with us today because we're going even deeper into the book of 1 Timothy in our series, Truth for Tough Times. The Apostle Paul, as we've already seen in the previous episodes, has handed off the leadership of the greatest New Testament church of its time, the church in Ephesus. It was a large, growing, very evangelistic church which was reaching its entire region, not just its city, its region with the good news of Jesus Christ. Everyone heard about Jesus from the church at Ephesus. As you would suspect, Satan would not be happy about that, and he would attack such a church. Because of those attacks, probably right about now, Timothy began to think, man, has this church got problems I saw a book, I think by David Wilkerson years ago, entitled, Man, Have I Got Problems. And maybe that's what Timothy was feeling right about now. Maybe you're thinking, man, have I got problems. Listen, let me tell you what Timothy faced. He faced false teaching, which of course is presented by false teachers. Timothy was ordered, he didn't have a choice about this, he was ordered to stop the false teaching of the false teachers and protect the church in Ephesus. And right here in 1 Timothy 2, we're going to learn that one of the problems going on there additionally was total confusion over proper God-given gender roles in public worship. The people who should have been doing certain things weren't, and other people were doing them. That won't work, and it doesn't work in public worship. Now, Paul addresses the men first here in 1 Timothy chapter 2. And guess what? Men, we don't get a pass. Spiritual leadership is the expectation of God for Christian men, period. So in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 8, we're going to begin to see what we are supposed to do as men, and I'm talking to myself too, but I'm trying to do it, and hopefully you are as well. Listen, My great quotes of all time, you know, that kind of roll around in my brain, here's one of them. I don't know who said it or wrote it, but I've heard it or read it somewhere, and I love this. The reason we sleep safely in our beds at night is because rough men stand ready to visit great violence on those that would do us harm. That would be our valiant soldiers and law enforcement. Rudyard Kipling, I guess you could call him the poet laureate of the British Empire, wrote in one of his poems after thinking about how civilians would mock the redcoats, the British soldiers who served all over the world in the empire of Great Britain during Rudyard Kipling's day. Kipling had a line in one of his poems, and it's this line, making mock of uniforms that guard you while you sleep. Same idea. I want you to know today, men and ladies as well, 
The church is also well served by strong spiritual men who lead in public prayer and prayer Thus, the front lines of the spiritual battlefield we're on. You know, we're, we're on a battlefield. We're not in an amusement park. Yet, I'll, I've noticed, and I'll tell you this, if you want to completely silence just about any group of men, ask them to pray publicly. Whoa. The biggest loudmouths, the baddest bullies, the toughest cowboys are reduced to fearful, timid little lambs if you try to encourage them to take the spiritual leadership that God says they are to provide for their churches and their families. And I know that there are many men who do provide that leadership, but it's not enough. Listen, this makes my mind numb on a daily basis. Men can talk the pain off walls about SEC football, the Braves, basketball tournaments and March Madness, backgammon. They could talk for hours about cornhole beanbag tossing, which is a sport now. They could talk about golf. Hey, that one I completely don't get. They could talk about politics, talk radio, shotguns, hunting dogs, NASCAR, trucks, cars, and motorcycles, guitars, boats, and campers, but they become a bunch of little Bo Peeps in public prayer, and helping lead the church and their families. Now, if you're a guy like that, I want to say from the depths of my heart, shame on you, sir, if you profess to be a follower of Jesus Christ, but you can't pray publicly and lead your church and your family. You know what? I'm just done with people like you. What we ought to start doing is caning men who fail to lead their churches and their families. You know, in the East, if somebody breaks a law like littering, they don't, at taxpayer expense, throw them in jail for a year. They simply beat them with canes. Problem solved much more cheaply and quickly. I'm just kidding about caning some of you guys, but you know in your hearts you deserve it. I'm tired of treating grown Christian men like they're still in pre-kindergarten. Oh, wow. Please don't ever ask me to pray in church. I'll do anything, even become a, 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 a missionary. But please don't ask me to pray. Oh, come on, man. Listen, one or more of these things that I'm about to read are the reason for this childish behavior. There's probably more, but these are five I thought of. Number one, you've abdicated your God-given responsibility. You have fumbled the ball. You punted away the ball that God handed off to you. That's not right. Another one, number two, is you don't actually understand prayer. You've got the Hollywood version pop, percolating around in your brain. You know, you've got to hit your knees, put your hands up, bow your head, and recite a prayer that you memorize from a book. That's not in the Bible. I don't know where you got that, but that's not biblical prayer. And if you read your Bible more, you would know that. Number three, 
You are a total spiritual pygmy. Man up, dude. Put on the big boy pants. Grow up in Jesus. Number four, you're living for this world instead of God's kingdom. And that'll get you in trouble every single time. You start worrying about what people will think of you if you exercise a spiritual leadership, which is your calling if you are a Christian man. Number five, last one that I thought of, is you are not even a Christian at all. You're just a pretender. Your wife drags you to church and to keep peace at home and try to help out with the kids, you know, and all that. You just go along with the program, but your heart's not in it. You know deep inside you're not even born again. And listen to me, you don't even love the Lord Jesus Christ. And that could be you. (laughs) Oh man, you need to get saved. You're completely missing it. I'm gonna go full gunny ermy on you right here. I will teach you to be God's men by the book. You will not fail. I will teach you. You're yelling at me. It scares me. See, that's got to end today. This is war. We live in an age when Christians, real ones, across the world are literally being martyred because they refuse to renounce Jesus Christ. And it's coming to the West. That means to America, buddies, and you best be ready. Okay, men, you're welcome from the previous few paragraphs, and you can thank me later. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we're only going to look at eight verses today. Let's go to verse 1. Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Timothy and to the church at large, and we're, we're reading it today, almost 2,000 years later. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, so he urges, encourages young Timothy. He says, priority one, the first of all, is supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come under the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. So let's go back to verse one. Timothy is urged by Paul, he's encouraged that prayers be made for all men. When he breaks it out here, this is a number one priority, that we as men are to be leading in our churches in public worship. We are to be offering supplications. That's requesting things that perhaps we need. 
or others need. We are asking God for something. Then prayers is a word for just we are to be communicating with God. And then intercessions is where we are we are interceding, we are stepping in on the behalf of someone else. Maybe your best friend needs healing. Maybe someone you know at work needs to come to Christ. Maybe somebody is going through financial suffering or, or some other type of suffering and you pray for them. That's intercessions. And giving of thanks. We are to remember all the ways God has answered our prayers in the past and thank Him for all that He's done. And this kind of praying by men is to be made for all men. That's for all people. All people need this, and we are to be doing that in public worship. I wonder, and we'll see more about this later next week, when we get to the rest of 1 Timothy 2, I wonder if women were starting to do this and men were just letting them do it. Well, God wants men to lead in this, men. And he defines it even further in verse 2. The idea again that we're to be doing all this praying, we're to be leading in public worship for kings. And that would include elected people like presidents. We should pray that We should pray for them, and if they don't want to do what God wants them to do, we should pray that God will make them do it. That's okay, too. We're to pray for kings and for all that are in authority. You know, if you have a difficult mayor, pray for him. Pray that God will help him not be difficult, and God is able to do that. Trust me. Governors and so on. And for all that are in authority, your boss at work. that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Would you agree with me that if things went better for our countries and our states and where we work and all of that, that everything would just be better? Of course it would. Well, we need to be leading in prayer like that in public worship. And it, it will benefit us and our families. Is it easier to reach Jesus when we're not being opposed at every turn? Absolutely. Although God can use suffering to bring people around too. Trust me on that as well. Number three, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. What is that? All of this praying for all people and especially for kings and all that are in authority so that things will go better in our communities and in our countries. Why? God wants people to know Him. Now, how do we know that? Because it says that. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, verse 4, who will have all men, all people to be saved. Now, are they all going to do it? No. I mean, they have to, they have to bend their knee, yield their life to Christ. God doesn't force people to come to Christ who will have all men to be saved. God doesn't want people to be lost. He's on the most gigantic rescue effort ever in universal history, trying to get people off of the highway to hell they're born on, onto the Jesus way, and people fight him at every turn. But he doesn't want them to stay on the highway to hell, but most will. 
who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. And this knowledge, by the way, is a a divine knowledge that comes upon somebody. God God has to reveal it to them that they would realize that Jesus is the Savior. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And it essentially says that in verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. That's between God and people. The man, Christ Jesus. And it, the word here is the same word for people. When God came down here in human form, he became like us. And this, this mediator, this Savior, Jesus Christ, he understands what it's like to be a person on this earth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So, Everyone could be saved because the redemption of Christ that he purchased on the cross and the victory over death at the resurrection makes it available to everyone. But they, they all won't accept it, but it is that powerful if they only would receive him into their life as their Savior and Lord. So there's no issue on the part of God is that people mess up their communities, mess up their countries, mess up their own lives and their own families, and people end up fighting against the Savior who's trying to rescue them. Would you agree that this takes a lot of prayer for people to realize Jesus Christ is the only way? Well, it does, and one of the places we should lead in that is in public worship. Paul even says in verse 7, whereunto I am ordained a preacher. He was a herald, like someone who is proclaiming that a king is coming down a highway, preparing the ways, preaching a royal message. And an apostle, he's an ambassador, a handpicked representative of the Lord Jesus Christ to proclaim the terms of peace to a warring, rebellious world. He says, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not. A teacher of the Gentiles. Now these are non-Jews, those who didn't even know God. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. So we are to pray for all men, especially people who lead us in any way, so that everything would just settle down. Now I think we're in the last days and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But that doesn't mean we can't have pockets of peace on the way. Amen. We need to pray that God's blessing would come where we are, even though the whole world is in bad trouble. And the reason is God wants all people to be saved, even though they won't all be. He wants them to be and to come to know Christ as their Savior and Lord. So we are to proclaim that and we are to pray for the the environment, the circumstances, that this would be more and more possible. But men are to be leaders in their churches. And I don't mean just a chairman of a committee. I mean in public worship. You know, 
women, because men have just completely dropped their responsibilities in so many cases, women have stepped in to pick up the load, but they sure would like Christian men to start doing what God called them to do. I'm pretty sure about that. (laughs) Amen. And then the last verse we're going to look at today is Paul says this. So he, one through seven, kind of is tied up in a bow right here in verse eight. I will, therefore, this is what Paul says he wants under the inspiration of the Spirit. I will, therefore, that men, now guess what? Just in case you're thinking, oh, well, this probably just means people all the way through. Why do you keep saying men? Because right here, the word changes. This is the Greek word anir, and it means a male versus a female. I will, therefore, that men, males, pray everywhere. Now, he's talking about all the churches, lifting up holy hands that is there to have a life that's true blue. They're not acting one way at church and... uh, You know, they're living on the devil's playground the rest of the week. That You're probably lost if you're doing that, all right? So get over it. I will, therefore, that men, males, pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath. That's without explosive anger. You know, occasionally we hear people pray and they're pretty angry. That's not good. Without wrath and doubting. That is being just unsure of everything. Come on, man, get sure. Claim the promises of God. Don't live in doubt. People can't follow you if you don't know where you're going. I will, therefore, that men, that males, the Greek word anir, males pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So there you have it, men at war. Why do I say men at war? Because we're not an amusement park. This is not Six Flags or Disneyland. We're on a battlefield. This is combat. Forget all those stupid video games that men are absorbed in. This is the real war right here. We are at war, men. Our churches, our families, our Nation, our world is on the line. Freedom is being destroyed. And men need to stand up and be counted. And it starts for Christian men in leadership and public worship in prayer. I'm sure there would be other things too, like Bible reading and testimony and singing and all of that. But prayer is the first thing. Praying for all men, even for those in authority. God wants all people to be saved and to understand Jesus Christ wants to be their Savior. And Paul was preaching it. And men need to pick up uh, their weapon of prayer in this war we are in. Men at war. And we even see in Ephesians chapter 6, if you go read there, that... um, that we put on the armor of God, and when we've done all of that, we're to stand and to pray, all right? So listen, there it is. It doesn't need a lot of explanation. Do it. Now, I'm a big fan of no confrontation without application. So here we go. 
Maybe right now you're saying, you got me, Pastor Ed. You nailed me dead, solid, perfect. I know, and it wasn't really me. It's God speaking through me, through his word, through his spirit, and God is bringing you to conviction. This is not Ed Hill. I could die now. This is God. Let me give you a humble suggestion, and I can't fix all this in one minute. This that you spent years, this this defeat that you spent years developing. But I'm going to give you some hope at the end of the tunnel. Right now, today, start reading the Psalms. I want you to read every single one of them. Don't skip even one. Not even Psalm 119, the longest one. I want you to read every single Psalm in the Bible. Pastor Ed, Why would I do that? Because you're going to see what prayer is all about. I I would say, it's easy to say, pretty much, those are prayers. And you will see many examples of talking with the Lord. And as you grow in that, you will naturally, or supernaturally, I should say, begin to lead in prayer and public worship in your church. And we can give the ladies a break. And they can rest a while because men start doing what God has called them to do. Another thing I want you to do, and oh, by the way, you will not be able to continue with all the video games, watching ESPN nonstop, and all of the waste of time stuff that has robbed you of being the soldier God calls you to be. You're going to have to put aside childish things. I'm not against sports. I love sports up to a point, but they don't get in my way of serving the Lord. I want you to read every gospel. Oh no, how long will that take? As long as it takes. And if you're a terrible reader, which most men are, listen to them. I want you to listen to every gospel. There are four. Start with Matthew then go to Mark, then to Luke, and then to John, and do it all over again. And you're going to hear the Lord Jesus Christ praying. And you will learn from him what prayer is all about. So read them, listen to them. You are dismissed. And if you're serious, you'll do it. Some of you who listen today know that you are not a Christian. You've been playing along, being a pretender at church, wanting people maybe because it'll benefit your business, it'll keep your wife off your back, maybe it'll keep your kids off drugs, whatever. You've been just, you know, faking it, you know, until you can make it or whatever you want to call it. Get saved. Call this number, 877-247-2426. 877-247-2426. Men, I want you to know that with Jesus Christ as your real Lord and Savior, you will, for the first time in your life, know for certain how your eternity is going to turn out. You'll be going to heaven with him. Instead of continuing to follow Satan like you've been doing and being a pretender, 
and being condemned with Satan, I might add, to an eternal hell. What a mind-numbing bummer that would be. Not only do you have to go to hell, you have to spend it with him. And instead of doing that, you can follow Jesus Christ like a real man and be welcome into heaven with Jesus. Do the latter. You could also go to chataboutjesus.com. Chataboutjesus.com. Listen, men and ladies, too. For all is sin and comes short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.13. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of This Week in the Word. I hope you will like the episode, if you liked it, and that you will follow the podcast so you're notified every week when the next episode is posted. Thanks for listening. Share it with someone today. And you guys who need to, you get into Psalms and into Gospels. And I'll get with you next week for the next episode of This Week in the Word. Bye-bye.